Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel. And today we're going to be talking about Game of Death, which is a 1978 Bruce Ploitation film directed by Robert Klaus, with action direction by Sam Ohung and some by Bruce Lee as well. And we'll get into that when we talk about the movie. Uh, this is a film that Lee started but died, leaving about a hundred hours of footage, I think. But most of that footage was lost, and so they ended up with about a, eleven minutes, and they pretty much structured a whole movie around those 11 minutes using a double for Lee. And Lee only appears in basically the last 20 minutes of the movie. Um, and so, you know, that's that's the gist of the film. The plot is he's plays a character who's, well, it's not really Bruce Lee playing the character, but the, the person who we are supposed to presume is Bruce Lee is playing an actor who's getting pressured by some gangsters who or organized criminals who are um, controlling uh, the movie making industry and he resists them and he has to fake his death and go into hiding and all these things and then come back to rescue his girlfriend who is uh, kidnapped by them. Um, I think is that would you say that's an accurate breakdown of the movie guys or I miss any details there. I think that's fairly accurate. And, uh, and as always, this is still part of the 12 days of Fistmas. So I want to give Joel a minute to talk about, um, you know, any game that is relevant to the 12 Days of Fistmas that he chooses. And there, to there's plenty of wonderful ones. Um, I think to, I think right now I'm going to plug one of your wonderful games, uh, Righteous Blood, Ruthless Blades. Um, I, <laughs> I actually I actually happen to own a copy of the thing. It's it's really fantastic on a couple of levels. The first one is just that it's 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 really richly wuxia. Like, even if you don't know much about the genre, but you're kind of excited about it because you just saw, you know, Five Venoms or whatever, you can pick up this book and very quickly get a great crash course on on what makes it unique and how you can bring that uniqueness to your table. Um, it's very, very user-friendly. The rules are very simple and intuitive. Um, they also make really good thrilling fights, and they have a lot of interesting little wrinkles in them. Like, I'm especially a big fan of the before-you-start-fighting phase, there's this check everyone out and see whether or not you want to actually fight phase. Um, mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing to have mechanically put into the game. Uh, and I find that at the table, it really draws out that moment of tension before the blades start flying. The blades are very, very deadly. Um, so that's really satisfying. There's lots of rock solid advice in the game uh, master chapter that I've yet to put into full practice. I'm working on it, but everything I have used it at the table so far has been just wonderful. So, yeah, Brightest Blood, Ruthless Blades. I believe it won an any, didn't it, Brendan? It won. Well, it won a uh, judges spotlight award at the any. So there you go. I think it's the judges equivalent of a bronze any, if I'm not mistaken. I got it up on the wall here, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Well, it definitely deserves it. Uh, it's it's a rich, beautiful little game. Won't put you down very much, and um, yeah, it, it's it's incredibly complete for its size, and it really sings at the table. So, Brightest Blood, Ruthless Blade. Check it out, folks. And uh, and now to talk about Game of Death, um, what did you guys think? I, I I I think I was the only one who had seen this before. Am I correct, or did you guys? I had never seen it. This is my first time. Okay, so I want to know what you guys think of this movie. Ooh, um, it. Let me see. I want to. I want to start because like there's there's a lot going on in my head when I'm watching this movie. Uh, on the one hand, I I liked this movie overall. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the action scenes are really kinetic and fun, um, and like 
they make really good use of uh, like stuntmen and actual like practical stunts and effects. So that's pretty thrilling. It's also pretty amazing when you get to the last part of the movie and you actually get to see Bruce Lee fight. Like there's this one scene where this guy is just throwing punches at him in the rain and he's dodging them like a liquid snake made out of lightning. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. to watch this dude move. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, the parts with Bruce Lee are exceptionally good, uh, especially because like he's really cocky and he's got this great like facial range and just you get so much character out of the little tiny part he is in this movie. Um, the movie itself is serviceable. I, I wouldn't call it like anything to write home about, really. You know, it's it's pretty pretty simple. Um, I would say it takes a while to get to the real good parts. Which is fine, you know. You can you can build up. There's there's a reasonable amount of tension built up there. It's a little light on characters, but the characters we do have are pretty iconic. I mean, like they're at least they're like, you know, uh, archetypical. So no no complaints there. Um, yeah, overall, I think it's a it's a pretty solid '70s action movie, if nothing else. So I like this movie. I I, I give it a thumb. Most most sixty seventy five percent up. That's how much of a thumb I give it. How about you, Adam? How do you feel about this guy? Oh, it's complicated. I mean, like you, the, the last 20 minutes, I mean, if you if you just start it for the last 20 minutes, it's totally a worthy entry into the 12 days of Fistmas. It's, that's just, like, amazing. Uh, as far as the rest of the movies go, I, I agree with you to an extent that it is a perfectly serviceable action movie, 70s action movie, something I'm going to watch a you know, you just turn something on TV, watch an action movie. Okay, that was a thing. I find, I, I honestly, I think the like the biggest. There's two problems I have with the movie. I mean, one, it spends like what at least forty minutes just establishing the fact that these gangsters are leaning on on Bruce Lee substitute and his girlfriend. And it just like recapitulates it over and over again. It's like, okay, yeah, we're here to fight you, and you need to join us. Boom, boom. Okay, go, go yeah, warn like him three again. Three of those scenes. I know. It just, it just, it just circles around that same point. It's like I feel like if it's like, if like if, you know, we, we reviewed Commando as part of the series. I feel like if it's took to the forty-minute mark for his daughter to get kidnapped, you know, that's that's what this felt yeah, like. Okay. It's like I'll agree. Okay, but. Uh, <laughs> We're definitely going to kidnap your daughter eventually. You just wait. We'll come back and threaten it again a couple times first. Exactly. You're still not playing ball. All right, one more warning, Bob, and then we'll come back. (laughs) Where are you on the spreadsheet, Bob? Warning two, you're on the list. Continue at it because we interrupted your your, uh, reaction. Oh, no problem. No problem. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's issue one. The other issue is the attempts to... The attempts to continually like stick in little snippets like reaction shots of Bruce Lee at the scenes he's not in, it <laughs> it's utterly counterproductive. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's it does like, do the I opposite. It's like it just reminds you, oh yeah, this guy is not Bruce Lee. It's like it makes it re- every time one of those pops up, it just yanks you out of the movie. And it's it's like I, I feel like if you just I don't know. I mean, well, it's weird, too, because they do the whole he gets injured and gets his face, you know, damaged. And I thought I thought, okay, this is the point where they're going to start using Bruce Lee footage after this. No, (laughs) no, it's still going to be just the same guy. I'm like, what do you do? You need to have a a prolonged discussion about that 
topic. I have a note for that. So remind okay. me because okay. I want to talk about I'll, I'll that for about 15 for minutes. Yeah. yeah, I'll table um, that. But that uh, was yeah, bad. those are my two big objections to it. I mean, yeah, as you know, I agree with Joel. The last 20 minutes where you actually get to see Bruce Lee fight are fantastic. Although, of course, then it goes back to fake Bruce Lee for the end because the the, the villain they put on. And it's like, OK, we watched two incredible fights with Bruce Lee. <laughs> Now let's, let's watch him. Let's watch a fake Bruce Lee chase an old man to yeah. end, end as the final boss fight. <laughs> hey, we also got the fight with the guy with the cane too, who was surprisingly good at martial arts. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 You did get that, yeah. But it, but it, that was also with the fake Bruce Lee. Um, yeah, yeah. So my 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 note of the movie is um, the film only succeeds in highlighting Bruce Lee's absence, which I think is probably the most <laughs> oh. accurate way you can describe the film. Um, so, okay, my reaction to this movie is complicated, kind of like Adam's, because, you know, I came to this movie, when I first saw it, I was, I, I, I had seen, you know, a number of Bruce Lee movies, but when I got involved in martial arts, we, we all talked about Bruce Lee all the time. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch every Bruce Lee movie back. I got all of them and I watched them all back to back. And I had no idea that this movie was what it was. I thought it was just a normal Bruce Lee movie. So I get to this film and it's, it's I'm, and I'm watching them in order. So I'm watching it after Enter the Dragon. And I'm like, ooh, this is like Enter the Dragon level production. I got this great theme song. This is going to be great. And then I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't look like Bruce Lee. What's going on? And it's just like this, this series of sinking feelings that I had where I was like, wait, this isn't, this isn't Bruce. And then, and then I had a moment of hope at the point when Adam mentioned, um, but that was <laughs> foolish because there were so many inelegant splices of Bruce Lee leading up to that, that it was just obvious yeah. that this was just a, yeah. you know, so, so the other issue is, this is a deeply disrespectful movie. Like, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, Bruce Lee's on a pedestal. You can't say anything bad about Bruce. No, because he 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 lived by a philosophy of, you know, no BS in the martial arts. So I feel like it's perfectly fine to criticize Bruce Lee or whatever. But this is like the most disrespectful thing you could ever do to a, a rising action star. As far as I know, like that that um, first shot of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the office, I don't think that's actually Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, I think he refused, that's a double. He refused to participate. Yeah. I, I yeah, saw he would, that up, yeah. A lot of people would not participate in this movie. Some people did, and I don't, I, you know, it's that's their own personal choice for whatever reason. Um, mm -hmm. But it's definitely, a, and also that funeral footage, I think is the actual funeral footage it from is. Bruce Lee's funeral. Which is like yeah, you insane. literally see the dead Bruce Lee. Yeah. That check that coffin shot is actual dead Bruce Lee. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing about why it would is they do that? They just did. I don't know. And then on top of that, on top of that, this was like a known conspiracy theory about Bruce Lee's death. So they're like playing into this idea. I didn't even that, think about yeah. that. You're totally right. So, yeah. so it's just like it's all like if you didn't know better, you'd watch it and you'd be like, are they like? gloating about what they did like if you believed in the conspiracy theory and and i and frankly i think it's a conspiracy theory that has some merit i don't think that it's insane to argue that the equagesic thing is a little bit flimsy because of details we can get into in the podcast um and i'm not promoting 
conspiracy theories here. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I you think are the most this, Joe Rogany among us. So if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be. I'm, you. I'm, yeah, but I'm like the least conspiracy theory oriented person in the world. You know, I, I'm not. You know, all I share with Sounds him like is something is a lizard man would arts. say. Well, I have an interest in martial arts, and I presently have a shaved head. That's about as close as we are in terms of the conspiracy theory thing. Um, but no, I just feel that. Uh, the equagesic thing, I think, is flimsy for a number of reasons. Um, and I guess I'll get into them now just because, number yeah, one, let's, he, let's hear he it. had – so before he died, he had, a, um, he had a seizure while he was in the recording booth doing some overdubbing. I don't know what movie it was for, but for some kind of movie. And it was like three weeks before, a month before, maybe a few months before. I don't know exactly. But it was a seizure that, was, uh, that I think required hospitalization. And if not that, it was still like a very violent event. And it's not a normal event for a man of his age, especially if that man dies from a swollen brain months down the road. Now, it's possible maybe somebody gave him equagesic before that happened, that he had an allergic reaction that prompted the seizure. Um, but I've never heard that that was the case. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I feel like that coupled with the fact that, um, I don't know, this happened at a time when it's not like now where an autopsy would be as 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 much of a sure thing do you know what i mean this was a time when people died and i'm sure there were a lot of murders and a lot of deaths death from overdoses and things like that that weren't caught so i just feel like um and also i remember reading over all the different explanations for what he could have possibly died from um and i i don't think that he was murdered or anything like that i don't believe in that conspiracy theory but i do think that the equagesic doesn't really seem like a plausible explanation when you think about the thing that I just mentioned. And I don't know, it just, it just seems like something else was going on with him. Um, like I would think, I would tend to think maybe it was like a hidden, like the, the, the seizures makes me wonder if he had a head injury from some of the stunt work that he was doing or something. You know uh, totally was, possible. Like yeah. the, the guy, the guy pushed himself really, 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 really well, hard. To like the point, like, like you hear about people training with them, being like, "How are you doing this?" Um, well, so, no, yeah. and, he, and he's also really thin by this point. Like you see him in the um, in the game of death sequence, which is I think that was actually filmed before he filmed Enter the Dragon. I could be wrong, um, but he looks really thin. If you go back and look at him in earlier movies, he's got much healthier body weight, and so you you know you just wonder like what was going on with him physically that. You know what, what? Again, I, I maybe the equagesic was a contributing factor. I just, I just don't think you can pin pinning it to that one thing seems odd to me, given the seizure and this radical change in his physical presentation over time. But, anyways, my point was just that the movie is because it gets into that territory. If somebody was entertaining that conspiracy theory, it does almost seem like the filmmakers are taunting the audience with it. And and you and it could be interpreted as they're taunting me in a knowing way. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I think it's in very bad taste. Um, and then you add to that, and this is no fault of the people that made this movie, but years later, his son Brandon dies the way that they try to yeah. off him early in the film. That that and was so, eerie to watch. Yeah, like I was watching that, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! There's no way they're using a blank and they're going to shoot him with an actual round. That's not going to happen." Yeah. and they do, and it's just like I was just sitting there, like, I just stunned, like flabbergasted, like, "What the? What this this it, movie is a curse." It's a very eerie connection. It's a very eerie connection. Also, they're using 
when they do that scene, they're just reusing footage from Fist of Fury. That's the end of Fist of Fury with him running at the guys that are about to shoot him. So it's, and they do that throughout the movie. They 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 reuse the footage of him fighting Chuck Norris early in the movie to yeah. you know they do all this stuff, which I guess kind of makes sense since the premise is he's an actor, but it, it, it because it looks different. It's it's like they took they got the worst possible transfers of these movies imaginable. It stands out. It doesn't match the rest of the film. Um, so yeah, I I thought it was a. Uh, I think it's a very interesting movie. It's definitely one worth watching. Um, the last sequence of the film is good. I don't think that that sequence, though, holds up to his earlier works because my, and again, I could be wrong on this. When I watched that, a lot of, a lot of the footage from that scene, the, the, the tower scene, feels, especially the one with, um, when he's fighting Inosanto with the nunchucks, I oh, feel yeah. like there's stuff that probably would have ended up on the cutting room floor or that they were still workshopping and they maybe would have reshot. There was just stuff in there that didn't look as polished to me as it would in another Bruce Lee movie. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think that uh, it's weird that this is the movie that has some of the most iconic imagery in it that we associate uh -huh. with Bruce Lee because it's the most insulting to his legacy and it's the worst Bruce Lee movie hands down of all of them. So that this so is the one you where recommend this one. <laughs> I didn't recommend this. I gave you guys two choices and you picked game of death. And I said, that would be an interesting choice. I didn't say it would be a good choice. I said it would be an interesting choice. I didn't realize you loathed this movie or else I would have included it in the 12. I think, no, I think it's, I think it's a very, okay. So I loathe it as a viewer, but okay. then that like history part of my mind thinks it's like essential viewing. If you're into martial arts action movies, and especially if you're into Bruce, here I am trying to see the silver lining. You're just over there like this movie is a nightmare. <laughs> like, well, well, all right. Just I just don't want to BS it because I remember my. Re you know, you know what, you know what scene clinched it for me when I first saw the movie is what when he's clinched? in the dressing room and they just paste a picture of his face <laughs> on the wall. It is not even like they don't they don't like superimpose it with like a projector. Nothing artful at all. It's just here's a cardboard cutout of his face. And he's not moving, and he's supposed to be. It it, it, it just pretty bad. I didn't that know what to sad. think of it when I first. I was like, did they really just do that? Was I think my reaction. It was just a um. And and I don't know. I I just uh, but again, it's it's a it's a significant movie. You have to you do have to uh, contend with the fact that, like I was just saying to to Adam when you when you stepped out for a moment, that for some strange reason, this is the film where most of the iconic Bruce Lee stuff that has been transmitted into other movies carries over for some reason, you know, whereas you would, you would think that enter the dragon or way of the dragon or fist of fury or big boss that like, like those would have the, um, you know, those would have a lot the moments that are more remembered. And those do have moments that get re repeated, but everybody knows the outfit that he wears in this one. Do you know what well, I mean? I, mean yeah. I think we know it because of Kill Bill, though. Like that's that's the reason. But no, it it's not just here. Bad. Overseas, that's also like in Chinese movies and stuff. You can see him in, 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 yeah, represented I, in this outfit. I, um, I associated him with that out. As someone that was, you know, doesn't have a long history of watching these kind of movies. I I I always associated that outfit with Bruce Lee long before Kill Bill came out. Yeah, but, I, uh, you know. I didn't even know he wore that outfit until I saw this movie. I, I saw oh, him okay. with the, the dragon outfit, you know? Yeah, it's just like, different. Well, because I, I came to it, like, because I, whenever I see 
a, a really like swole like Asian dude in black pants with a bandana, or even without a bandana, but like the bandana helps. Like and like they got a guy like that in uh, uh, Mortal Kombat, you know, like. I think he's yeah, modeled they're, they're, after Bruce Lee, that character. He's got to be, right? Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's I, modeled after um, uh, Fist of Fury, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and um, oh, what was that other one? They got parodied in Hot Shots Part 2. I can't remember what it was now. The guy was, like, cage fighting. Oh, I can't remember it now. I don't I remember, remember. It's been a long time. I, I only remember the parody now, which is in, in Hot Shots, where he's, like, they've got the guy cage fighting. He's, he has that same outfit on, and then he, he's dipping his hands in, like, the different kind of, like... Uh, Oh, that's a kickboxer the, reference, I think. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Kickbox, yeah. that's what it was. But, I mean, yeah, it, it, that's what I think about. I, I, The tracksuit for me is 100% Kill Bill. Like, that's why I encountered it the okay. most. So, and it's it's clearly, like, you know, inspired by this film for some reason. It's a weird thing to transfer. Like, I, it's such a, such a particular, like, of all the weird stuff. But, like, yeah, if you look at the first Kill Bill and you look at this movie, there's a lot of parallels there, so... Well, okay. I think because this movie is a weird cultural artifact, and so I can see why someone like Tarantino would, you know, sort of glom onto it. Um, I think, too, I mean, it's when you see scenes of Bruce Lee, someone that, like, never watched Bruce Lee movies when I was younger, it's like when you would see clips of Bruce Lee, you would frequently see, like, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. fight or something like that. That was, like, one of the... It's, I, I, I was very familiar with that fight, even though I've never seen this movie, just because I'd mm. always run into clips of it. And that That's fight like, is brilliant. That's a really brilliantly yeah. received fight. <laughs> yeah, that, fun. Was, that was fun. Oh, but I think no, the other the two, thing, the too, two is... Action scene, aside from the at ones with actual Bruce Lee, the only action scene that I really thought was uh, was solid was the, the one in the warehouse with the motorcycles and stuff. That that had a lot of fun stuff going on. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was but, good. Uh, when they when he when he like rams the guy with the, the does the wheelie and hits the guy in the face yeah the, all just uh, lowering them yeah. throwing the crates out that kind of thing I mean there, there was some creativity going on in that action scene it uh but yeah I feel like the the characters in this though didn't they didn't do a lot with the I mean it, I don't know I didn't feel a lot of tension in this movie or involvement in the characters to be honest I was just never I was I was never like worried is the girlfriend going to die or or anything it's, like that I just I was just it's, sort of like oh, watching the plot beats happen when when occasion when a beat did happen and not just repeat the previous beat. But uh, I think it's because there's no there's no real central protagonist. There's a guy who's trying to pretend to be Bruce yeah. Lee, but everybody knows he's not Bruce Lee, and none of the people around him feel like they're actually interacting with a real character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. like a vacuum in the movie that's palpable. Exactly. And also, I think some of the actors almost feel like. I could be wrong about this, but I just get the feeling when I watch it, some of the actors have this look in their eyes of like, should I even be here? Do you know what I mean? Like that, like that kind of a look. And, and I, and like, like the guy with the cane, he just kind of, there's something about him that just registered for me that way. I don't know why. Yeah. And, um, uh, I really need this paycheck. Well, and you know, like you have to wonder too, like what, like how Bob Wall felt about being in it, how Samuel Hung felt being in it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I'm mm -hmm. just curious what they're, you know. And I'm sure you could probably find it online, you know, some interview. But, um, but yeah, I, I think the other thing is, you really realize watching this movie just how much star power Bruce Lee has. I go on about this a lot when I talk about him, but that's really the thing about him is that, I mean, he's a great, he's a great physical martial arts performer. If you're a martial artist. His ideas about martial arts and his practice are also really important. But in terms of movies, 
he's just one of these people that like the screen loves him. Like you have this bland guy pretending to be Bruce Lee for like an hour and 20 <laughs> minutes. And then suddenly Bruce Lee is on screen and it's like, oh my God. Like it's like the contrast is amazing. It's just amazing. It's just like, oh my God. Like this is what we should have been watching the whole time is, is a Bruce yeah. Lee movie. You know, let's yeah. turn this off and go watch another Bruce Lee movie because that's <laughs> the thing that we should be I watching. Guess- I guess they were kind of smart in one sense of keeping all the actual Bruce Lee fight footage till the end because it would have been really well. Actually, you do have to go back to that other guy, and it does suck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like when you have to go back to the other guy, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's just like, there's no spark. There's no, yeah, whatever Bruce Lee had, this guy doesn't have it. The guy who's doing his physical performances. Is is a guy? He's been in movies. You and Bao. He's been in in plenty of movies, but he's not quite got that Bruce Lee level of charm. He's he's good yeah, in the martial he arts playing, role and all that. But yeah, but, if he was just playing a secondary character in a in a kung fu movie, totally fine. But yeah, he just can't. He's not he's not a star. That's the problem. Well, and it's like Joel was saying, the cockiness, like the yeah, the the the, 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 the swagger. He's got like this 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 quality that you look for in like a Clint Eastwood. Or or a John Wayne or you know mm-hmm. somebody that just can like like walk on the screen and like completely own the space and everything. It's it's just you just don't oh, see never, it that much. He never says anything. Like you know, he just makes his sounds. But he's he's threatening. He's taunting. He he's just there's all these things he's conveying. He's he's communicating while mm. he's fighting in a way that. It's just fascinating to watch. I, uh, yeah, I, I really do need to watch more Bruce Lee movies after this. Well, actually, well, I would, I would like to get one legitimate Bruce Lee in movie in during the <laughs> days to, to, to sort of now. make up for this one. But, um, <laughs> and, and I would recommend Fist of Fury. And if not Fist of okay. Fury, Way of the Dragon would be my second choice. Um, no, what was your first choice? I, yeah. I, I see no yeah, reason to argue. Fury would be good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The basic difference is uh, Fist of Fury is kind of like a typical kung fu craze type movie. It's one of the very early kung fu craze films. It's got all of all of the ingredients, Adam, that you talk about when you've when we've had discussions about kung fu craze movies. It's it has them. And Way of the Dragon is like his first like international movie. It's set in Italy. It's got you know it's it just got it's got a style to it, and it also has the fight with Chuck Norris in it. With, in I, the I forgot how absolutely swole he was. Yeah, he's yeah. way thinner in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Th- that's why I'm saying I feel like something else was going on with him other than just some equajesic reaction because you you see, and I know that his training methods is he was trying to get to a really low body fat percentage, and this was at a time when people didn't quite understand. The, the amount that we do now about physiology and exercise. And there yeah. was a, there was a common misconception about what it meant to have a low body fat percentage that, that you were creating more fast m- muscle twitch fibers or something. There was some misconception that I know he had um, because I remember I read a book by Joe Lewis, who was one of his students and a kickboxing champion. And he was talking about uh, Bruce Lee's dieting and his training. And I, I think that, some of it might have had to do with that. I don't know, but maybe he, you know, he was, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but I feel like he wasn't, when you look at the footage of, um, if you watch either Enter the Dragon or you watch this movie and you look at the final fight, in both of those, he does not look as healthy as he did in the previous films that he was in. Um, and I think it might have had to do with his training methods or possibly something else going on. The other thing apparently that he was doing uh, 
and there was a theory about this. I know back when I was really into reading it, this was like the theory that had currency and the biographies that I would read. But he was consuming marijuana orally. He was eating marijuana because he didn't want to smoke it because of his lungs. He didn't want to ruin his lungs. Um, and there was some theory that maybe he had a reaction to consuming marijuana by mouth in that way. Like, you know, maybe like that a was, I, I actually was reading through. That was pretty well debunked, though. OK, Scott yeah, Bernard that looked into it and everything. And they're like, no, that. Yeah, this was back in like thing. when I was reading it, it was like in 2007. And that was just the theory that every every five or 10 years is a new theory that has currency. And so this, yeah, that well, was just the one at the time. That, there was a lot less medical knowledge about yeah. cannabis in the in yeah. the 70s that was accurate. So. Well, no, this was so this theory was this actually wasn't from the 70s. This came out. This theory was later. And the argument was just that he had some kind of reaction to it um, that built up uh -huh. over time. Um, but but either way, it, it, it's just one of those things like there's there's that there's like the there's like the, you know, the gangster explanation. There's all you know, there's a, he was you know, he was he was killed by Run Run Shah or somebody like that. You know, there's like all these different, you know conspiracy theories <laughs> well something to do with like him working for golden harvest and not going to shaw brothers so i don't know what it was i i just remember hearing different like for you know different uh weird stories of who was behind the death of bruce lee um and there's like a million of them um but but uh but but anyways the, again the point is that I don't know. It, it, it's uh, uh, he, he wasn't in my view, he wasn't physically very healthy looking uh, by the time he, he did made this movie. Um, he definitely looks a lot narrower um, and it's not healthy to lose that kind of body mass in a very short time frame. So, yeah, no, he's just too lean. He's just way too lean in that scene. Um, and he does a really good job in that scene. But you, you can like if, like go back, uh, go like watch that scene, like watch a clip of that scene and then go back and look at. Fist of Fury, like just one clip, and the difference is really striking. Um, so yeah, so I guess the other thing we, we wanted to get back to is that bullet to the face thing that Adam was talking about, which yeah. is perplexing because they have a whole explanation built into the script where they don't need to do all this stuff where they're using footage of Bruce Lee and putting pictures of Bruce Lee on the mirror. Yeah, they, they, they just need to, I don't know if it was coffee or if it was Foxy Brown, but one of those movies, she's dating a guy who has reconstructive surgery because he's a witness in something. And he asked, and basically, he, you know, you, you can have somebody become another actor midway through a movie is the point. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. It's, okay. uh, so, uh, yeah, so so I I I don't know that 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 to me is is can, and also it's weird because at the beginning of the movie they make it sound like he is having this reconstructive surgery where he's going to look like somebody different, but then they take it away when the doctor talks to him later, and it's like oh no you're going to be perfectly fine and you'll be as good as you were before, and it's like wait a second did the doctor say I'm only going to do this because if you go out in the street the way you are you're going to get shot, so but now I'm just doing like reconstructive plastics it just doesn't make sense it doesn't no yeah it's uh, it's, it, the, the writing on the screenplay but it, the writing on the screenplay is really bad i mean like i said there's just the, the way it's the story's constructed everything that's well, it doesn't like, make any you, sense i don't know it would have been so easy to have just said okay like look we have 11 minutes of bruce lee so we'll cast this other guy it, right before the climax his face is torn up and he has the reconstructive surgery he goes on a revenge binge yeah. That's the last 11 minutes. Yeah. Credits. Yeah. 
look, there you go. Yeah. I don't, once again, if you if you needed any anything to get from the hospital to the actual footage you had, that's where you have it. You just have the motorcycle helmet on or the yeah. beard if you really want, and the sunglasses, whatever. But they 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 didn't they they had all these tricks up their sleeves and they deployed them in a way that was utterly ineffective. It, it doesn't. It's crazy. I, I don't really get it. Yeah, it's a lot of their decisions boggle the mind. Like, why Why would you... If you know you've got a point in the script where his face is going to change, why <laughs> would you have that face before that point? What? What's the logic there? Uh, yeah. Here's what He's I think. Coming. Okay, so I have He's a theory. Oh. I have a theory. I don't, I don't know if it's true, and, I, and I'm sure there's probably somebody online who's explored why this is, and you could probably just Google it and find out if it's true or not. But I have this feeling that they tried to do it the way where it was going to be, okay, he gets a reconstructive surgery, and then the last 20 minutes, he's Bruce Lee because he's got a different face now. And somebody stepped in and is like, no, you can't do that. The people won't understand. The, they, they, they came here to see Bruce Lee. We need to assure them at the beginning. Of the movie. They'll get confused. They won't know what's going on. And so – and. and or or maybe they thought it would just highlight the fact that this wasn't a Bruce Lee movie or something. So they, they wanted to be more, you know, deceptive and, you know, have it seem like a Bruce Lee movie from beginning to end and didn't understand yeah. that it would look as shitty as it did. Um, that's that's that that does actually make a stupid amount of sense, unfortunately. It, I just looked at the does. director right now. He's the guy that directed Jim Cotta. That says a lot. Well, I know, think he did direct um, Enter the Dragon, too. Um Oh, did he? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Uh, let me double check yeah. it because I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he was the person who um, who directed it. Um, I feel yeah, like he, he did. He did direct it. No, you're totally so right. So we live in a world where the director of Enter the Dragon is the director of Jim Cotta. Nothing makes sense to me anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think yeah. Enter the Dragon might have just been one of these really sweet moments in movie history where the perfect idea with the perfect star and it everything be, just you know yeah i mean obviously directing is a top level job with lots of people working yeah. with you so it's like he could have had good better fight choreographers better cinematographer you know i mean it, well, the, the whole team matters in making a movie so. i also feel one of the reasons why i recommend fists of fury and way of the dragon and not enter the dragon and i like enter the dragon don't get me wrong i don't think uh -huh. enter the dragon is the most well directed movie that bruce lee's in i feel like it's it's adequately directed, but it doesn't. It, you don't watch it and go, "Oh my god!" Like this scene. Yeah. You know, the you watch it. Director. And, yeah, you, you're really paying attention to Bruce Lee and the dialogue, and it's it and it it, it it's kind of like a um, it, it it's almost like a mid level directed movie that has a big budget and that carries it over, and then the fact that you have Bruce Lee in it and yeah, Bruce Lee's like, philosophy. You could almost just set a camera on the ground, and if Bruce Lee wanted to frame yeah. it, would be a good movie. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You're not, you're not really there. You're not there to watch a Kubrick movie when you watch Bruce Lee. You're there to watch no. Bruce Lee physically perform. So, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Enter, Enter the Dragon is a fine movie. It established that sort of concept of this sort of James Bond-like fusion with the martial arts movie. That would be, and that's the real tragedy, I think, of Game of Death, is you see Game of Death and you realize this man would have had this whole other uh, leg of his career where yeah. he would have been doing movies like this for at least three or four movies. And then he probably would have had another transition to some other style of movie or whatever. But 
that would have really worked. Like you, you can imagine there would have been one or two really, really good movies like that if he had lived long enough for like a really good director to get on board and wanting to work with him and everything, you know? And so honestly, um, I, I would have loved to have, for Bruce Lee to have lived well into the nineties and been making like old man Kung Fu master movies where he's like hitting people with his walker. <laughs> I, you wouldn't would have, have been done. an old man in the nineties. He would have still been quite young. No, he would have been old. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I agree. Cause I, well, the thing is, he's just got so much charisma. But it's like, even if he got to the point where he couldn't do the amazing martial arts anymore, he would still, still have that star power going for him. It's uh, yeah, it is a tragedy. It really is. Well, and so, yeah, so I think, I think that's, Again, that's to me what the movie does is you see the movie and you realize like that's like uh, an <laughs> absence in this film. Um, yeah, yeah. But but again, it's just that the problem with the movie, though, for me, is just that the insulting parts of it are just so over like to have a guy's funeral footage in a movie that's, that they're that trying to pretend he stars in, yeah. you know, is it's it that takes a lot of balls. You know, that's like a. Uh, I don't know, just something about that that just seems well, I, like... I mean, imagine, like, if this was a movie about the Beatles that came in, it came out after John Lennon had been shot, and they're like, just put some funeral footage of John yeah. Lennon there. It's like, no. Yeah. No, yeah, don't it's... do that. I mean, What's we got, wrong we got, with a, we got a picture of him lying on the sidewalk we could put in here? That would be great. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's almost that level. Um I didn't realize that was his actual funeral footage. Jesus Christ. I, so, I didn't what, know, but I suspected just that just the quality of footage when the people were lined up on the street I, with the barricades and everything. I was like, this is his real funeral, isn't it? Because this looks, this doesn't look like the kind of movie that could put this kind of a crowd together. This has to be the real thing. I'm pretty sure it's his real funeral. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure yeah. about that. No, it is. I looked it up. I looked okay. it up when I got off, oh, and I was like, God. Oh, that really is his funeral. Okay. That's chilling. Why would they do that? Um, so how are we to interpret that scene where they, they dig, like exhume him and there's that mask and they smash it open. Is that, is that what this movie is all about? Is, does, is that the moment of this movie where it's like, this is what we're doing. We're just exhuming the corpse and smashing it. I mean, I think that that is like unintentionally there and it serves that purpose. Do you know what I mean? So they didn't, I, mean, I don't think like, they intended that, but because that's exactly that's like, what it's yeah. conveying to me yeah. now. Jesus uh, yeah. Christ. Well, yeah. And again, the, I, I think that I, the, the reason I think people get, and, and a lot of people enjoy this movie and I think it's a perfectly fine movie to enjoy because it is fine. a cultural artifact. Yeah, I, I, um, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But, um, yeah, it is watchable. I mean, I even even as I was watching it, thinking this is this is bad and this is bad. It it wasn't boring. Like a lot of times when you watch a bad movie, bored. it's like I want to turn this off. I'm sick of watching it. I, I, I didn't I hit. Getting, that. I, I will say I got really impatient for Bruce Lee really yeah. quick. Yeah, that after happened. the first twenty minutes, I was like, okay, I know they only have a little bit of footage of him, but can I see it, sure. please? Yeah, yeah. Fucking, you get to see some guy see running around in sunglasses and a beard is what you get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so it's so Plan Nine from outer space, right? It's like it's like it's very it, yes. it's which which is like, I mean, famously, you know, just like terrible for you know Bella Bella Lugosi double, you know, covering his face. But at least they had the decency to cover the face with the cape. This movie doesn't <laughs> even have the decency to do that. This is just like you know just blatantly staring you in the, one moment they're not attempting at all to conceal that this isn't bruce lee and then the next moment they're like 
drawing attention to the fact that they're concealed, that they're that they're trying to pretend this isn't Bruce Lee. It's really bizarre. Um, yeah. The, the the good thing is the music is wonderful. It has a really good theme song that I think captures a mood that would have been great if this had been like a real Bruce Lee movie. Um, it gets like a yeah. real emotional note that well, it's is John Barry. You brought up the James Bond thing. I mean, it is they got they got the James Bond guy to do the music, so you really can't do better. Yeah, <laughs> and it has a James Bondy kind of sound. But there's yeah. a, but there's an emotional no tone in that music that I have never heard in another song, and I don't know what it is, but it feels like you're getting hit in the stomach with something. Do you know what I mean it's just this like, oh, I have a sinking feeling. So and did, yeah. did he know what he was composing for? I have no idea. I I was very that curious. might have been like a little bit of a dirge then, if that's the case. That's what uh, I was wondering because the music is so good. It's it's like a really it seems like a really thoughtful piece of music for. A movie that doesn't deserve it you know what i mean but, john barry's just i i i just like listening to his soundtracks hmm. even for movies i've never watched i mean he is just one of the best movie composers of all time well, he mean, got it right on this one because that was yeah. the thing that so when i first saw the opening and i thought it was a real movie i heard those notes and i was like wow i'm ready um you know it just got me so and yeah. then the way he keeps kind of refining and playing the theme and it gets darker and because of yeah. familiarity with it, you just kind of know what it means. And it, it, I, I just find it's a very effective theme. Um, yeah. The other thing about the movie that's great is that scene with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and that whole scene in the tower, even though I do have my complaints about it, you really get a sense of uh, the range of, uh, what would you call it? Like his range of style when it comes to martial arts. Um, so like, yeah. a, you know, you see him using uh, boxing punches at times, you, know, you see him throwing hooks and throwing things that aren't strict parts of Kung Fu or aren't strict parts of this traditional style or that he's drawing from a range of styles. And also his footwork. I, I don't know exactly what his footwork is based on. I've heard different things. One of the ones that I heard that makes the most sense to me when I see it is that he was drawing a little bit off of fencing. And I wonder if that's true, just based on how he kind of because not many people move like him. But he has like a but you can tell he moves like somebody like when you do martial arts, you can tell the people who who spar and who compete and the people who don't based yep. on how they move around. And when you see Bruce Lee move, the thing that makes him different from other actors is you say, OK, this guy spars. This guy actually does live sparring. And and I can tell because he's moving around yeah, cause, like cause a he's prancing up on his little on the little balls of his feet like. You feel like it would be really, really hard to land a punch on the guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, remember that scene I was talking about in the rain? Like, when he's... I've only seen one actual fight where someone was able to dodge like that. There's this infamously capable um, defensive boxer. I forget his name now. I think he's an Italian boxer. But he was, like, a master of defense. And he there's one fight that he ever got recorded of his. And it's breathtaking to watch because he's... He's in the ring against this absolute bruiser of a dude, a Japanese boxer, I think. And this dude, like, he is throwing these unbelievably powerful-looking punches, but he's slow. And so this guy gets right up in this, in this dude's face and just twists just, just enough so that the punches <laughs> just graze him and don't hurt him. Over and over, he's punching over this guy's head, directly at him. It's like, foosh, foosh. And they like, can't hit him. It's like hit, trying to punch a shadow. And I've never seen someone move like that until I watched this movie and saw Bruce Lee do it to that guy. And it's like, 
I almost feel like the direction that Lee would have given him is, hey, look, I need you to try to hit me because you can't. And we're going to put it on film. Like, that's what it looks like happened here. It looks beyond choreographed. It looks like he's just dodging live punches. He's just that good. Well, apparently I was I was looking uh, looking up before this came like the original movie where it was going to be about him going up the tower, fighting these people one by one as he went up the tower. Basically, he can Bruce Lee conceived every one of these fighters he fought had one flaw in his fighting mm. style. And each fight was going to be about Bruce Lee finding that flaw mm. and exploiting it. So there was a real cool. a real sense of true martial arts and how it works put into these scenes so it's, it's just a, it just makes you think god i wish i wish i could watch that movie i wish it existed uh, well i love we to see so when he closes close. the distance with kareem abdul jabbar at one point it's really remarkable to see like how fast he is but how yeah. he kind of get and i think he used jabs or i don't remember exactly what he did but he just moves in so so quickly and he closes that distance and it's just again it's just i know that what he's doing in the movies is different from what he would have done in like the gym, do you know what I mean? Or in the, you know, in the, in the, in the school. But I feel like uh, it just has a sensibility of real martial arts to it that you don't often see. And in, in even like some of the best Kung Fu craze movies or whatever, you don't see that level of, uh, you'll see real martial arts, but you won't see that like that. I don't know. It's just so connected. And you, I mean, this is really hammer home, I think, in Enter the Dragon when they have that, he has the fight with Sammo Hung where they're, it looks almost like an MMA match. Um, but his training methods were really advanced for the time. That's one of the reasons martial art people still respect him. And people have all kinds of debates about him and how good was he really and all this stuff. But nobody disputes that he was like years ahead of a lot of other people at that time that were often just rooted into one style. And he was, you know, really focused on using what worked and doing everything live. So I think I think that's very visible. In this. That boils through in those fight scenes like again if you had to sit through the rest of this movie just for those 11 minutes i recommend this movie yeah <laughs> or they really are forward. that good you know if you get if skip, you skip skip yeah if, if, you, if you if you're finding this movie unbearable don't turn it off just skip to the end <laughs> yeah and we only get through what do we, we get the um the the and the, the 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 what's his name and uh um I always get it wrong. Inosanto. Yeah, and um, and you get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's like this giant, and you yeah. get the Hapkido guy. I can't remember who the Hapkido guy is, but you get the Hapkido guy. Um, and the uh, uh, the the I don't know. I, I I like the one with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because they're so physically different that it's you, you just don't see a fight like that that often. I've seen I've seen movies that try to do the little guy versus the giant. And it never quite works the way this one did. This one just kind of, I think because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a student, they had a lot of chemistry maybe, but it yeah. really worked. Um, they did have a lot of chemistry. There's a real, there's something more than just that fight that comes out of the, the cellular when you watch it. I, I like watching those two interact together. It's interesting. Um, what was it? Uh, which which uh, which Rocky movie do we debate where it was a little Oh, Rocky Four. Rocky guy, Four. Guy. Yeah, so how does it compare? How does it compare to Rocky Four? How does this movie compare? Oh, I mean, no, the the big the big guy versus little guy fight. Like they're totally different kinds of fights. I don't because that's the Rocky fights are more like a story. You know what I mean? They're not they're not like representations of real fighting by any stretch. They're, okay, so to so admit that they're not very realistic or interesting, or good. I don't. Th I didn't say that they're not interesting. I said that okay. by design they're not realistic. 
that's, okay. That's, that's, okay. Okay. Are we relitigating the Rocky Four debate? Is that no? It is. <laughs> I we we know who won that one. I I can't uh, restore my honor on that one. But I I do want to uh I do want to get the jabs in where I can. I will never not be vindictive about okay. that. Okay. Well, either way, I think I mean. There's just no comparing Bruce. A uh, Bruce Lee fights. I, I got in trouble once because I love <laughs> Cheng Pei Pei movies, and in one of my reviews, she there was a, a movie she's in called Kung Fu Girl. It's a great movie. It's a very if you like Cheng Pei Pei, you'll have a fun time watching it. It's kind of like a Kung Fu craze movie with Cheng Pei Pei in it. But the the thing I mentioned in it was that you know there's no real comparing her to Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee is like. He's a proper martial artist, and she does a very good job of all the things she does on screen. But there's very few actors that have, like, the martial arts pedigree and the star power that Bruce Lee has. Those two things in unison are really rare. And and so um, you can, I don't think you can—you can't compare Bruce Lee to virtually anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, but, he's um, pretty, pretty yeah, one of a kind. He, yeah, even, even, like, the best physical—people pe I really love, they don't have that— they don't have that like connection to i don't i don't know how to put it like he's got one foot in the movie world and one foot in the martial arts world in a way that you, i don't think you normally see with people um it's, where yeah, he was really dedicated to the martial arts rare because um, i mean even people that are pretty impressive martial artists like and i'm talking about like your your sean claude van dams and your jackie chans and what have you they don't quite have the same charisma that bruce lee had well, I would say, here's what I would say about Jackie. I think Jackie Chan does have that charisma. He's about he's as close as we've yeah. ever gotten again, I think. I, I, I think he's just doing something very different than, he, he's not, well, I mean, Jackie he's Chan. He's almost a comedy actor. Like, well, yeah. with Jackie Chan, like, well, I wouldn't ever compare Jackie Chan to, like, Clint Eastwood. I think you can compare Bruce Lee to he's, Clint He's Eastwood. in kind of the Buster Keaton category is yeah. where I put Jackie Chan. Which is, yeah, Jack which is which is a high compliment coming from me. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I really like Jackie Chan. I wouldn't say yeah, that he's no, not. Same. But but Bruce Lee, like you said, I don't think so. I, he doesn't have the same. I think you're right in the 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 variety of their charisma is different. I honestly like again at 11 minutes in this movie, I enjoyed the more than entire Jackie Chan movie that we watched. Or did we did we watch one or did we watch two? Shit. Um, I Just think we only one. watched one. No, we watched the one. That was the other one that we watched. Okay. And that one we honestly watched so we could see Michelle Yeoh. That was more about Michelle Yeoh than Jackie Chan. Um, True. Jackie Chan, like, I, I, there's probably other movies that we probably should have seen if we wanted to, like, Police Story 1, maybe, or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, and also, I mean, Jackie Chan is somebody who he kind of modeled his career over not being Bruce Lee. Like, that was sort of yes, the genius true. of his thing. So, um, but I don't know. I, 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 I think it's because it's an unfavorable direct comparison. It, like, because you're right. There's just not a lot of people like Bruce Lee <laughs> that have. He that, just has something. Boat. He's got yeah. something. And it, it, it's it, it's the it's it's the level where there's you know what it is. I think there's a lot of people that are involved in martial arts and in movies like Jet Li. He's you know he's involved in both equal. You know I mean he he, he was uh, he, he was. Uh, um, you know, on like the demo team, I think that performed before Nixon and stuff. And I'm sure he, you know, he was uh, he, in Donnie Yen. His mother has a school in Boston. So I mean, there's there's a lot of people that 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 do both. So I don't want to give the wrong impression of what I'm saying here. There's something about the way in which uh, the way in which Bruce Lee is pursuing martial arts to me feels like he had real fighting at the top of his mind. 
um, in terms of his martial arts philosophy in a way where I think a lot of other people are thinking more about how am I going to put this on the screen? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like that's two separate aspects of him. Um, and also the yeah. star power. Like I love Donnie Yen. He's, I think Donnie Yen's great. And I think Jet Li is great. But neither of them have the charisma that Bruce Lee has. They don't have that. Well, I don't know what it I, is, but they just don't have it. That thing I mentioned earlier where, you know, that Bruce Lee did conceive the movie as this conflict between different fighting styles. He literally was thinking about actual martial arts and putting these scenes together. It was like you say, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't, oh, I've got to put a movie together. How do I you know, it's it was it was it was about martial arts. So yes, yeah. uh, you don't well, often get. Bruce Lee also he was creative in a particular way. Like it wasn't he the guy that made Green Hornet. Like he he played Green Hornet. He played, and I'm sure he. I mean, he, I don't know the history a, of that, but well, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that like he was like the creative driving force behind it. You know, I'm sorry, I, I don't, Kato, not Green Hornet, Kato. I misspoke. Well, no, no, because I think he actually wrote it too. Like, like he was a oh, I don't big know. part of the creative effort of Green Hornet, as I recall. And th there's a bunch of other things too, where like I think later on they kind of got co-opted. I think um. What was that one? Um, crap, I can't remember the name now. Um, was it called Kung Fu? Oh, God. There's no way it was called Kung Fu. The, oh, the mo the TV show? Yeah, the, yeah, Kung the Fu, TV Legacy show. of K. Yeah, right? wasn't, wasn't, it? wasn't that originally supposed to star Bruce Lee? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, and then they just kind of like... They, yeah, not not a great trade. But, I mean, I liked David Carradine just fine. But, like, I wouldn't have... Yeah. That's not the swap I would have made. <laughs> like, way to trade yeah, down. Yeah, a lot of people have thoughts on that one. You know, But, I mean, uh, like... In all of these circumstances, like Bruce Lee conceived of them, like he was like the creative drive pushing for them, you know, like like this whole like fighting through a tower movie he was going to do. This was his idea. You know, it wasn't like he got a script and was like, oh, this is good. No, no. He originated that concept. Well, the movie, if you want to see his philosophy of martial arts, Enter the Dragon is probably the best one for that, um, just because that's the one where you really see like a. A clear statement of his of his beliefs about I, martial I don't arts. Remember there ever being a movie with like again Jackie Chan is like probably the best living example, right? But like I don't remember a movie with him where it was like this is my philosophy of martial arts. He just stars in movies. He's a movie star that is a martial artist. Um, it's, it's different. I'm trying you know? to think. I can't remember if he. I mean, I, again, I think Jackie ah. Chan is doing something different. They're probably. I mean, Jet Li made a movie like that. Jet Li made uh, Fearless, which is definitely a statement about his views on martial arts. Yeah. So there are well, other actors who did it. We should um, check it out. But I guess what I, I'm, I'm saying willing is, to be wrong about this. Well, I kind of prefer to be wrong about this. So. For me, what it boils down to is again, it's the charisma coupled with this this martial arts that's just anchored in like real fighting in a way that isn't in a lot, you know, he, I, I feel like, I feel like uh, a lot, you just see it in like a lot of the stuff, like his, his, his training regimen and all these things where it just seems like he's really um, trying to figure out uh, how to work around any weaknesses he has as a martial artist in a, in a live scenario. Um, you know, and again, it, I I, uh, I I don't want to do that and sell short people that are terrific martial artists that are in movies today. I'm not saying that, like, I'm just saying there's something special about Bruce Lee that's not that common. Um, but, but and again, this movie is very, 
I don't know. It's, it's this just really. We're, we're getting a little scattered here, I think. I don't know. Broadly, we all love martial arts and movies and martial arts movies so goddamn much. It's so easy to get kind of like off topic with it. Where we're just sort of more broadly talking about martial arts ideas or movie yeah. ideas. Well, I think, I think this this movie invites that, though, because we are talking about... It does. Well, this is one of those movies... And Adam, you nailed it, where it's like you're watching this movie, and then you're like, God, I wish I was watching a better movie. You know well, what I mean? Well, here's what we'll it's do. It's not even that It's just... Here's what we'll do. We'll make a point of watching um, Fist of Fury before the 12 Days of Fistmas is over. And I think we're on and, day eight. Is it eight? I don't even know. I don't even know. We have to do a tally because I'm not yeah, even we'll sure. Tally. I, think seven or eight. I think we're around eight. We're up to 16. No. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely not at 16. I know that for a fact. But. On the 16th day of Fistmas. But yeah, I think, uh, I, think, I think getting a proper good Bruce Lee movie in would be useful. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I, 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 this movie, I think, is one that, again, I, I would say it's it's an odd cultural artifact that is, uh, you know, no, like, it's rel- it's culturally relevant. That's how I worthy yeah. of discussion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I feel this movie and discussing this movie has felt a little too close to an autopsy. So I'll be glad to move on, but I'm also glad that we did it because it, it needed to be exhumed long enough to examine and then returned respectfully to the soil. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I don't know. Is there anything else we want to add to it or are we? Nope. Uh, done We're with, done with this movie now. This? Let, right. let it, let it die. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll head out and we'll be back on. I don't know. What movie are we doing next? I know we had. Fist of the North Star. Fist of the North, North Star. Star. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that came a cartoon? Out, out, North Star? It is. It is a cartoon, and it came out in theaters on the day I was born. So we're doing it, baby. Okay. It's the miracle of Fistmas. So, all right. So we'll do Fist of, Fist of the North Star, and uh, and then after that, I don't know. The sky's the limit. We have like four more movies, I think. After that, three more movies, depending on where our count is. We're, we're gonna so, this next this year will end before the twelve days of Fistmas. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be back on to the the next twelve days of Fistmas. <laughs> Never ending 12 days yeah. of Christmas. Okay, you know what? I'm going to issue a decree. It's going to be like the five days of Chris, Christmas or something next year. Um, 12 was think, probably a, a bit We'll, we'll pick another another seasonal thing to riff on that has fewer numbers. That's we, what we, we should do. do Hanukkah. Hanukkah's a... That's, that's still eight. Awesome. That's still eight. Oh, come on, man. Eight crazy nights. And also, there's, there's nothing... That rhymes with Hanukkah that we can that we can get to, to do. Adam Hanukkah. Sandler would disagree with you there, sir. There's at least four words that rhyme with Hanukkah. Yeah, but he, to him. yeah, but he can force a rhyme like nobody's business. Yamaka like, rhymes with Hanukkah. I will. Yeah, but die but we need like a, but but something that like Christmas. Closer to action movies, though. <laughs> okay. If I'm, you I'm can find if you can find a Hanukkah rhyme that that matches the the action theme. Very oh, well, but but I, I really think we should aim for something with fewer than eight and go Katonica. for Katonica. The eight days of Katonica. Katon- no, that if doesn't we, work. We can do if we, if we can work once upon a time in the West, and we can make it like the uh, we've got harmonica then. So we've got harmonica, Hanukkah. <laughs> uh, okay, that's, that's the best I can do. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do the five days of something next year, and we'll five figure out what that something's gonna be. Out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and uh, so I guess we'll head out, and until next time, we will talk to you later.